0: Here's your host, Carissa Sims.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ellie Sheffy. Did I say your name right? That is
2: correct. You
1: did. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about Ellie. She is powerful and I'm so happy to be connected with you. She is an attorney, entrepreneur, number one, international, best-selling, award-winning author, speaker, strategist, mentor, media host, coach, consultant, philanthropist, and publisher. Woo-hoo. woohoo! You go, girl. Living your dream. Living the, Living dream. the dream. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Welcome, Ellie. Okay, so where are you calling from today?
2: I am currently on Buck Island, which is a private island in the British Virgin Islands. Uh, there are some leaders gathered here for an abundance summit, very timely, so I couldn't be more excited to be here.
1: Oh my gosh, I get to have you in the middle of an Abundance Summit. Yes, yes, yes. We are all going to benefit from Ellie's frequency and vibration because she is in that soup of just attracting everything that she needs and wants in her life. And we get to benefit. Yay. How is the conference going? It is amazing. We...
2: Uh, are a group of heart-centered change makers who really have come together to amplify our impact and to really lean in to a connection and community and dreaming bigger, aligning our vibrations higher, and becoming more and more powerful so that we can walk in abundance and bless others with the overflow.
1: Mm that's such an incredible philosophy and i love that it's in person is it also online or only in person
2: only in person Ooh. only in person we are a small group who are gathered here in a very intentional space every room is uh named and aligned vision so i am in currently in the room presence
1: ah presence okay presence. beautiful Okay, so now let's go into some things that might be able to have our audience get to know you a little better, and then also just share about your work and what it's like to work with you. So I wanted to explore the question, can someone move away from their identity of the past into who they want to become?
2: Absolutely. I think not only can you, but it is your divine right to be able to shed all of the layers of the events and circumstances, to share the, shed the layers of the external, uh, what social media says, what your parents said, what society says, what your religion said, to get rid of all the noise, get still, come home to yourself. And decide for yourself who you define yourself to be. What do you value? Who do you choose to be? How do you choose to show up in the world? What is your mission that is on your heart? It's your divine right and calling to come home to yourself and then shine your light into the world.
1: Mm. That's amazing. That's so powerful. I mean, I, I can see that being a talk for you. I mean, just to inspire many, many women or entrepreneurs out there. So what do you mean by divine right? What is that to you?
2: I am a firm believer that we are all divine beings having a human experience. So we're on this journey of life, but our soul, our spirit, our essence is connected to source. It is whatever, however you personally define source, but we are all energy. We are all made up of energy and energy is interconnected. We have a vibration, we have a frequency. And so we are connected to all that was, all that is, all that ever will be when you look at it in terms of energy.
1: Hmm. Wow. That's amazing. I remember one of my teachers, Wayne Dyer talked about that a little bit, you know, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and, um, yeah, I feel like you really embedded that you know, um, knowledge and wisdom with what you just shared. So how
2: often, how often, here's a tangible example. How often do you just get this feeling that you need to call someone, you need to reach out and check on someone, or all of a sudden you start thinking about someone that maybe you haven't spoken to in years. And really, there's absolutely no reason, no logical reason why you would be thinking of them now. And then you call them and the first words out of their mouth are, oh, my goodness, I was just thinking about you. I was meaning to call you. Mm -hmm. We've all had that example
1: of the collective consciousness and and or or psychic or intuitive abilities that we're all that we all have that. Is that what you mean?
2: I mean, we're all connected. Oh, it's not yeah. even so much about, you know, intuitive abilities. It's this energy flow. It's that we are divine beings having this human experience. We are all energy, energy flows, energy is connected. There's no logical reason whatsoever. Why? Why? You should, you haven't thought about this person in forever. You didn't see anything that reminds them of you. It's not a birthday. It's not any particular event or reason. And all of a sudden you have this overwhelming need to call them. You call them the first words out of their mouth are, you know, oh my goodness, I was just thinking about you. Or you have this overwhelming need to call and check on someone. And then you find out that the day before they fell and broke their leg or they're in the hospital. It's this, this interconnection that we all have because we're all energy, but we're so busy in the day-to-day running around the day-to-day hustle and bustle that we often are not still and quiet enough to, uh, to tune in, to receive the messages.
1: Mm, That's amazing. And, and I just want to mention really quick how I got connected to you Ellie because it was your publicist that reached out to me and and I just feel so aligned with what you're sharing and your energy and um so that is an example too of how like we came together and we didn't even try
0: yeah (laughs) like it it was just
1: like having because I was like looking at you and I was like wow, this is incredible. And that has happened to me before where I have like thought about someone like you being, having them on my show and then here you are, you know? So I just, I just love that. What you said, um, Amazing. So how can someone do that? How can someone move away from where they are if they feel stuck or um, their current identity and they no longer want to have that experience anymore?
2: So a great first step, honestly, if you have been stuck in the uh, hamster wheel of limiting beliefs or paradigms or labels uh, that that have been cast upon you as you've grown up as you've navigated this just this journey called life a great amazing first step is actually to write your eulogy because when you write your eulogy what do you want to be remembered for what do you want to have contributed to the world what do you want
1: to leave behind I'm writing, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. It is
2: okay. such a powerful experience because when you write down, the reality is we're all going to die. And a deeper reality is we're all going to be forgotten at some point, at some point as the generations go by. So this drive of what's my legacy, what's my legacy, what's my legacy is actually just a fallacy because at some point we will be forgotten. And so when you come to peace with that and you're able to say, oh, how do I want to show up? What do I want to contribute? What do I want to leave behind? How do I want to serve? What do I want spoken about me when I've left it all on the field and I'm no longer here? Mm. And that's such a powerful exercise because it's not about labels. It's not about what other people are saying. It's what do you want to have left behind? What what were your values? What were your missions? What did you, how did you serve? Who did you serve? Mm. Who did you help? Mm. What did you contribute to? What difference did you make? how did you live your life? Start there. It'll give you tremendous clarity.
1: Oh, what a great place to start. I feel like we're, uh, you're doing a Ted talk or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging on your every word. I'm just like, okay, so you have done a Ted talk. and What was the topic?
2: I did a TED-Ed right at the beginning of COVID, and one of my superpowers actually happens to be as a strategic advisor, uh, helping people uh, launch, pivot, diversify, or scale their companies. And as we know, when COVID hit, industries were shut down. People lost their jobs. People were furloughed. They had their hours cut, their industries shut down, and so... I wanted to do a TED ed very quickly on how you can how you can diversify, how you can pivot and diversify Ooh, uh, to, your so ex- <laughs> to your existing clients. And that way it was all about how do you continue to serve your existing clients or stay relevant in your existing industry so that when you kept this connection, you kept the relationship that you had worked so, so hard to build with your clients to, to maintain the, the reputation you worked so hard to build in your industry. How did you maintain that as we pivoted, as we uh, navigated COVID? And then not only how did you maintain it, but how did you grow it in the middle of a pandemic through uh, diversification into complementary and ancillary products and services? So that's what that was about. It was serving entrepreneurs and people who had lost their jobs or their industries and who therefore needed to become an entrepreneur. They needed to create their own economy by launching their own business, it was designed to help them:
1: Well that's amazing. And was it online? Was it virtual?
2: It was online because again, it was at the early stages of the pandemic and everything was shut down. So I actually got to record it in my living room.
1: <laughs> and how was that received? I-, I bet people were just like really needing that message
2: so needing that message. I mean it's also why I cranked out my first book in 4 months. I mean, Unlocking Your Superpower 8 Steps to Turn Your Existing Knowledge into Income was launched in August of 2020, just a few short months after the pandemic hit. And it is a step-by-step playbook that literally walks you through starting a knowledge or service-based business. And I did a free downloadable workbook that was available to everyone. It was really all about serving because just like I asked you to write your eulogy, I've done that. So I know that my mission, my purpose, my walk in life is to serve, whether that's serving entrepreneurs, whether it's serving authors or speakers or women navigating the the traumas of their past, whatever the case may be, I am here to serve. And so I really felt called to take all of these things that I've learned from 35 years in education and 30 years in entrepreneurship and 20 years in law and say, here, take these resources. Take these resources that you can use to have a life raft to the the chaos that was happening, Mm. you know, in the early stages of the pandemic. And so uh, it was amazing. It was very well received. It has continued to do well um, because now we're in a new economy. And so people need that resource of, oh, my goodness, how do I launch a company? How do I scale a company? How How do I diversify a company if, you know, the niche that I picked I'm not loving so much? what can I do? And so I love that that resource is out there for people.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And if anyone's watching this video uh, now or another time, uh, I just want to say that you look amazing. I mean, you have like 30 years experience and all this stuff. Like you started, I mean, people say that you started as a baby lawyer, (laughs) attorney, (laughs) like, were you a genius? No, I was
2: just driven. But thankfully, I'm, uh, I'm older than I look I, I hit. Uh, I think it's when you walk in your purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, it goes back to energy when you walk in that purpose, and you're truly living in that alignment, and you're shining your light into the world. It's the light that people see.
1: Oh, beautiful. Okay. So let's talk about your book since you brought it up. And so everybody needs to buy this book, Unlocking Your Superpower. And how can they, can they buy it on Amazon?
2: They can.
1: Uh, And I've done six books during COVID, uh,
2: which then launched a publishing house and a whole author's program because it came down to, oh my goodness, if, if, if you know something, All of you watching and listening, you have a message that someone in the world is waiting to hear. You have something, an experience, a piece of knowledge, uh, something that you can share that is of value. And once I really got that after doing Unlocking Your Superpower, the rest just bubbled up. It was all about, oh, "Oh that's amazing. What what do I have that I can serve? What do people
1: need right now? Because you hadn't been a writer before that, right? No,
2: I had done no books um, before COVID. And it was literally heating that call, that mission in my life of service. So unlocking your superpower went to the entrepreneurs, right? Because industries were being shut down and people needed a lifeline. The authorities as powerful wisdom from leaders in the field. I was able to co write a book with Les Brown and Bob Proctor and Marcy Shimoff and all of these amazing, amazing experts pouring their wisdom into you. What do you need right now? Here, please take this. Hopefully these nuggets will help you in whatever you're navigating. Whether it was Sisters Rising, which was all about showcasing women and getting women's stories out into the world, getting their businesses in front of of audiences that support women-owned businesses, getting them the visibility to have this platform to grow their business and share their message no matter what books were flowing out of me. Like I said, I've done six since then. And I actually have another one coming out July 20th. It's all What's about, the name of that one? <laughs> that one is called Women Who Dream. Ooh. Women Who Dream. Comes out July 20th. All of the books are on Amazon. So you can just uh, look me up by name and all of the books will come up. Each of them is different, but all of them are designed to serve you.
1: Mm, I know I I cut you off there. Do you remember what you're going to say? I'm sorry. (laughs) I got too excited. I am in
2: flow. I'm loving this conversation. I'm fully present with you.
1: Oh, okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So tell me how, so it's like, oh my gosh, you really opened up the gates of um, your creative genius, like flowing when you came from that space of how can I serve? How can I live that eulogy if I was to die at any moment? So how can you shine your light when you're not feeling that light, when you're feeling like down or you think, oh God, so much has happened to me. How can I, how can I move past this? How do you do that? It's a practice.
2: So there's a couple of things. We're not just born knowing uh all all the things right it is a practice so here are a few key tips that you can do that you can implement so write your eulogy so you get some clarity as to at least a direction you do not need to know every step along the way okay when you get into your car and you program your gps it only needs to know two pieces of information where you're starting and where you want to go you don't need to know go up two blocks make a right Go down the street, make a left. Not when you start. So write your eulogy so that you have your aligned vision. You have that end destination for your GPS. Now, if you are struggling, I want you to do a few things. Number one, every single morning when your eyes open, I want you to list five things that you're grateful for. And it could be, I woke up today. Thank you for the bed that I sleep in. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you that I have feet that can touch the floor. Thank you that I have a floor. Find five things every morning to be grateful for. That's number one. Number two, pull out the sticky notes. Sticky notes are your best friends. And I want you to write down different affirmations on your sticky notes. And by the affirmations, it's the beliefs and the feelings you want to have that you don't have to already have them. You are training your brain. You are creating new neural pathways. So that's why I'm a fan of the sticky note. This is a practice. It's no different than training for a marathon or, or, changing your eating habits to become healthier so gratitude practice every morning five things that you're grateful for second thing pad of sticky notes and you're going to write I am healthy I am vibrant I am happy I am abundant I am joyful I am stress-free I am in a loving relationship, I am worthy, I am love, I am loving, I am lovable, whatever, I am strong, I am healthy, I am vibrant, I am am connected, whatever starts coming through to you, you're literally just going to start writing them on sticky notes, and I want you to put the sticky notes everywhere you normally do put it on the coffee pot, put it on the microwave, put it on the bathroom mirror, put it on the dashboard of your car. You're going to start to see these reminders of the greatness that you are, of the divine being that you are. And when you see them, you're going to speak them out loud. Super, super important because when you speak them out loud, you're involving your physiology. And you're involving more of your senses. So you're using your eyes to read them. You're using your mouth to speak them. You're getting your vocal cords and your breath involved and you're using your ears to hear it. So you're gonna start doing just those two things. Those are amazing first steps to start to shift to where you feel grateful Because language, perspective, meaning, and gratitude are the four most powerful things you've got. Language, perspective, meaning, and gratitude. So if you start with gratitude, and then you use those sticky notes, and you start that practice, do it for 30 days, watch the difference in your life.
1: Hmm. That sounds like so much fun to, uh, to have all these sticky notes. Like when you open the fridge, you know, what if you have a message, like I am healthy, maybe you'll eat healthier. You know, if you stay in that consciousness, it's like a little reminder.
2: Absolutely. And there, then there are ways to make it even more fun. So you can play uplifting music when you wake up instead of turning on the television, And listening to the news, which is going to be negative, when you first wake up, put on a really fun playlist, one that you can't help but sing along and dance to and get that energy moving, get your physiology involved, move your body, make it fun, make it playful. Mel Robbins loves to high five herself in the mirror every single time she sees herself. So in the morning, she high fives herself and gives herself a compliment. Whether she believes it or not, it's the practice, the training yourself of celebrating, of moving your body, of having joy, of being in the state of mind, of celebration, of affirmation, of positivity, of empowerment. Because when you are claiming I am, you are defining for yourself who you are what you stand for, what you want your life and legacy to be, how you want to show up in the world. You're taking your power back, ladies. You're taking your power back when you are declaring, I am. You are taking your power back from all the people who said, you are. You're too much. You're stupid. You're fat. You're old. You're this. You're that. No, 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 no. You are flipping the the script, taking your power back and saying, No, I am healthy. I am powerful. I am abundant. I am beautiful.
1: Do it for 30 days, it'll change your life. Okay. I just have to do it real quick right now. I am abundant. I am beautiful. I am healthy. Okay. Everybody do it with us. Yes, <laughs> us. Yes, yes. It feels really good. It feels really good. So I was just, I, I just finished this workshop on, um, from pain to purpose. And I would love to it was really powerful people just sharing um, about what they're struggling with and what their pain is and some people sharing how they overcame it and everything so I would love to go into that darkness what has been your own journey.
2: Absolutely. So you started with some of the accolades, right? You started with uh, attorney and entrepreneur and number one international bestselling author and blah, 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 blah. So many things. (laughs)
1: Blah, blah, blah. So many
2: accolades and accomplishments and awards and all of the things, right? That's what people see now. But I'm also an abuse survivor, a rape survivor, and a domestic violence survivor who's actually lived in hiding under a fake name.
1: I've been homeless.
2: Wow. You lived
1: under a fake name, but not anymore? Not anymore.
2: Elizabeth Jackson was my fake name. It was given to me actually by the police department. who was keeping me safe. They named me Elizabeth because they were not confident that I would not screw up and tell someone my name was Ellie, and so they wanted to give me an out that if I ever introduced myself as Ellie, I could recover quickly because Ellie could be a nickname of Elizabeth. Yeah, um, and then they named the last name Jackson because I have a family member that lives on Jackson Street, and so again, it was that anchor that I would be able to remember what this new name and new identity was. And, and you know, I had, I had a new ID card and all the things. Uh, and that was really kind of the ultimate, that was the, the fuel, honestly, that part of my journey I mean, I've had so much more, like I was saying, homeless, I'm a cancer survivor. I'm a medical miracle. I've had 13 major surgeries in the last 15 years. They told me I'd be dead by Christmas of 2000. And I continue to hear that through my cancer journey in 2019. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on.
1: Okay. Can I just share a little bit? (laughs) Okay. I was diagnosed with cancer in, um, 2020, right before COVID. So I have been there and now I'm, here. But, but I've been there and I'm also a rape survivor too, but it took yeah. me actually going through the cancer journey to get in touch with that, um, abuse and, and rape and everything because I had pushed it away. It because I thought, oh, I was roofied. So, you know, other people have had like more violent, you know, I kind of like dismissed it and everything. But anyway, I just wanted to say that we share that and I don't share that with a lot of people.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. And I would love, you touched on something super important. So I wanna make sure that we're really highlighting that and that it doesn't get lost uh, in the Mm -hmm. flow. You thought because you had been roofied, oh, other people have had it violent. And so maybe it was discounted, it didn't count. But I'm here to tell you ladies and gentlemen, but I speak most, you know, a a lot to women, I serve uh, primarily women, stop the comparison. Pain is pain, trauma is trauma. A violation of your boundaries is a violation of your boundaries. A suppression of your voice is a suppression of your voice. And biochemically, the physiological response that happens within our bodies is exactly the same. Whether it was, quote unquote, oh, just one time, or whether... It was. It's someone who was uh, in, in in sex slavery. They've been human trafficked, and it's a daily occurrence.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the with a family physi- member that was like yes. daily, right?
2: Yeah, the physiological response that is triggered, the biochemical reaction, that the things that are released in our system is the same. There is no comparison. There is no. Oh well, you had it worse than I did. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Your pain is just as valid. It is pain. Mm -hmm. Your trauma is just as valid. It is trauma. And the process to heal through it may be a little faster if it was uh, one or two times Mm -hmm. versus, you know, someone who's lived in it for 20 years, Mm
1: -hmm. it may
2: take their healing journey might take longer. The process is going to be the same and the trauma response and the effects of that. Pain is pain. Trauma is trauma. No comparison.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm crying right now for those that are not watching because <laughs> that's really powerful and it's true. It's that's truth. hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and also like, I, I didn't necessarily want to be uh, identified as a victim or like the me too movement. I was like, Oh God, I'm not on that. You know, that's not me. Um, but, but it is. And, and now I, I step into that, um, now because it's, it's powerful to have that journey of where you've been and now where you're going.
2: It's so powerful. And when, when I share my story, it's been prefaced with this big powerhouse that I am and all the things that I do and all the accolades. So when I share it, nobody looks at me as a victim.
1: Oh, totally. You're right. I am a warrior. That's
2: I right. am a powerhouse. And so when you share your story and you've come out on the other side, or you're in the process of coming out uh, on the other side. If you share your healing journey, even while you're in the midst of that healing journey, you are a warrior. You are a pillar of strength and resiliency to everyone who isn't as far along in their journey. Mm. You just need to be one step further in the journey than all the people that you're helping. So wherever you are, your story matters, your message matters. That's why I have the publishing houses. That's why I have the author's programs to help people tell their story. I'd love to say that telling your story, writing your story will transform you. But sharing it with the world will transform the world. People need to hear your story. And so often we don't share it because we feel blame or shame or guilt or comparison. It's not as bad as someone else, or we don't want to be seen as a victim, or we don't want to um, have people feel sorry for us or all the reasons Mm -hmm. that we create, all the excuses we create for Mm -hmm. not sharing our story. Mm -hmm. But when you start with that eulogy and you're so clear on that end goal, you won't be able to not share your story anymore because someone in the world is waiting for that message that you have. Someone in the world is, is waiting to connect with your energy and your vibration and your resonance and look at you as a warrior, as this example of what's possible.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. So let's go back to your story because I'm fascinated. Like this is like a movie to me. I'm sorry. I'm just like, Oh my God, what happened next? Please. I want to know. So like this whole, like changing your name and identity, like you didn't have kids or anything. So, or did you have kids?
2: No, I wasn't able to have kids because of
1: all the abuse
2: and the domestic violence and, and kind of all the damage and health stuff. And then my cancer was uterine cancer, not surprisingly, when you understand how the body stores trauma. Uh, and so I had to have yes. a, a total hysterectomy. So that was not in the cards.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. But so then what happened next for you taking this new identity? What was your journey?
2: Well, when I was in hiding, I had to learn how to function again, Um I literally could not even buy anything at the grocery store. I ate the exact same thing every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because nobody taught, or told me what I was supposed to eat, what I was supposed to buy. And oh, I wasn't getting that. So your
1: abuser did that for you?
2: Well, when you're in a cycle of abuse, they like. They bark the orders, and you have oh. to you do what you're told because you learn that doing what you're told is the path of least resistance has like is easiest right mm-hmm. when you put up a fight, bad things happen so do do as you're told, and maybe it won't be as bad or maybe it won't be as bad today, or maybe you'll have an hour where it won't you know you won't be yelled at or there won't be you know violence of other sort so you become conditioned to just do what you're told, pass at least resistance, don't use your voice, don't have boundaries, you know, just do what you're told, fulfill the expectations, life is easier. So then when you're not in that situation anymore, you have to figure it out. Nobody's telling you what to do anymore. But by that point, so often, Like we've just surrendered. Mm -hmm. We've lost that decision-making ability.
1: Mm, Yeah. What was that breaking point for you that made you leave? Or was it something, did you go to the hospital? Did someone else save you? What happened?
2: Yeah, I actually did not leave, um, which is always shocking to people. So uh, I understand that.
1: No, I (laughs) understand.
2: Yeah. It's another reason why I share my story because they're like, wait, I was in law school at the time. So they're like, yeah, you were in a top law school. You had a car. You had credit cards. You didn't have kids. Why didn't you just leave? And they don't really understand the complexity of years of abuse and what That's that right. does and, and how things shift. So I actually was not capable of leaving. I mean, if I wasn't capable of figuring out what to buy at the grocery store, I certainly wasn't capable of of orchestrating a plan to leave. Um, But what happened then is because I was not capable of leaving, my organs started shutting down, my systems started shutting down, and I was dying. And uh, that's when they said I'd be dead by Christmas of 2000. And a doctor started to figure out, I never told anyone. So he started to kind of put two and two together and figure mm. it out. And he actually called my dad and he said, look, I don't know what's, I, I don't know for sure, but I think this is what's happening. And if you don't do something, she'll be dead by Christmas.
1: Were there actual well, that, bruises on you or no? Oh yeah. The doctor? I mean,
2: sometimes yes, but sometimes, not yeah. as, not as much. And, and I was really good at like, I could come up with an excuse for anything. Oh, I fell into the wall. Oh, I tripped over my Uh, Mm shoelace. You know. Oh, I left the groceries and I, I, I kicked it. You know. Oh, you know those coffee tables. I, I I kicked it. I kicked the coffee table. Like whatever. Uh, And so my dad actually orchestrated um, my extraction. (laughs) So they came in, they uh, pulled me out put me in the car my dad drove me uh all the way to a divorce attorney's office they already had paperwork signed up they said sign here sign here sign here I didn't even know what I was signing but I (sighs) essentially walked away with nothing um, And then they put me back in the car and drove me up into the middle of nowhere to a police station where they had already arranged to put me into hiding. They had housing arranged for me with a strange man, which was terrifying. Um, it was <laughs> oh awful. my God, how could they
1: do I, that to you?
2: Well, At least that would woman. be for protection, but like for me, for protection, yeah. You know, like if I was living in, in a man's house, yes. like, it's, it's registered to him. There's no record of me. There's yeah, someone else there, yeah, a man, yeah. he knows what's going on. He can protect, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But for me, I barricaded the door and the windows every day because I was terrified. It was awful. Oh
1: my God, you poor (laughs) Um, thing. But did you go, did you do this willingly or were you fighting? Oh no, I fought the whole way. Oh yeah, that's what I thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I fought the whole way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just wanted to go back and that's why they put me in the back seat and my dad hit the child safety lock so I couldn't get out and he drove straight through, Um, you know. Like, yeah. And oh my God. Was, that's
1: such a movie. Do you want to write was, a movie about your life someday? There is one that's in process actually. Okay. <laughs> Did I nail it or what? Because I'm like, this is like amazing. Too good. And, and is your dad still alive? He's not. He is. uh, He passed away uh,
2: almost six years ago.
1: Six years ago. And he's your hero, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he's actually um, how I came
2: up with my women's programs. You are not your scars, which is also my podcast and the name of so many of my programs. So my cancer journey, the three surgeries I had January, March and May were the first surgeries and the first really, really big health thing that he wasn't there for. And so it was, they were particularly challenging for me to navigate for that fact. I was used to having him with me and here was like the biggest fight of my life and he wasn't there. So after the third surgery, uh, I had a moment of pity party.
1: Yep. I'm human
2: newsflash.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You thought you were done with that, but no, you Uh, are allowed. You can uh, have a pity party every once in a while.
2: Yes. So I did have a pity party. Um, I looked down at the 13 incisions, new incisions on my belly from the three surgeries. And I just cried and cried and cried because I I said, who's going to want me? What man is going to want to look at this? And, you know, I I'm sliced and diced and I look like a cheese grater and like, who's ever going to want to look at this? And clear as day, I heard my dad who had already passed a few years by that point, kind of yell at me. He said, Ellie, you <laughs> are not your scars.
1: <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad he came back to tell you he that message. totally
2: came <laughs> back and, and called me out. He totally yelled at me. And it was amazing because it shifted everything for me. Ugh. That one message of you are not your scars has now become, it was so pivotal for me and it's been so pivotal for the women I serve. And You know, to know you're not your scars, ladies. You're not your mental scars, your emotional scars, your physical scars, your events and circumstances, the labels, none of it. You are who you choose to be. And so I love to help women navigate that shift, that healing to come home to themselves. It's one of the most magical, beautiful things to to bear witness to is when a woman actually comes home to herself. And it all started with my dad yelling at me in bed after a bitty party.
1: Oh, that's sweet. So did you have to withdraw out of uh, law school and re-enroll another time? I did not. And that it was a
2: decision that I had to make Um, under ABA rules. You must finish law school within five years of the day you start. In order to get a degree, you have to have at least two out of your three years physically on that campus. And I was fortunate to go to a top 10 school. So after I was in hiding, I moved to Europe to start to really heal and feel like I could be safe, like I could start to live again and rebuild my life. And then came the time when I had to make that decision. Do I go back to law school to finish to get this piece of paper that I knew would be my ticket to my future? I knew. I knew. This is my future. Or did I want to stay in Europe in this nice, comfy, amazing life that I had created with these amazing friends where I felt seen and heard and supported and nurtured and loved and and give up that dream? And that was a really tough choice. And in the end, I chose me. And I went back to that law school and I got that piece of paper because I knew it would be my ticket to my future.
1: Yeah, that's so amazing because it's. I mean, that's a hard decision. I mean, you were really comfortable, and it's almost like opening yourself up to your old life because that's you were living your old life there yeah. at that school. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow, good for you. So, okay, so tell me how did you heal yourself? Okay, so I know there are so many things you've healed yourself from. But like <laughs> what, but let's just pick one. Maybe like pick one um cancer. How, how was that journey for you and healing yourself?
2: I think healing yourself is the same journey, no matter what you're healing yourself (laughs) from, because it's mind, body, spirit, right? So it kind of, it's full circle back to some of the things I mentioned at the beginning, the language that you use, guys, words have power they have vibration, they have frequency. We know they, they trigger physiological, biochemical responses in us. We know that, you can see that if someone says, oh, how you doing? And you say, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I have so many things to do. I'm so stressed, I don't know how I'm gonna get it done. If you go through all of that, you'll notice your breath is more shallow. Your chest feels tighter you feel more pressure. You feel more anxious as opposed to, Hey, how are you doing today? Oh my goodness. I'm amazing. Life is awesome. I cannot believe I'm here on this private island with all of these incredible people who are aligned in mission and vision. That's a very different biochemical response. So our Standing guard at your mouth, watch what comes out, the language that you use. Are you choosing empowering, uplifting, positive language? If for nothing else, so that you're triggering the good chemicals, let's have a good, healthy biochemical response, physiological response. Let's flood our body with good chemicals so that we can work more efficiently and heal. So language, perspective, remembering that someone somewhere always has it worse, having an attitude of gratitude, knowing that this too shall pass, knowing that you are stronger than you think, whatever the perspectives are, choose empowering perspectives.
1: Mm. I just language. want to say real quick language perspective. I know you want to go through. Yeah. It's so amazing. Um, because I was trying to give my son perspective, he's 10 and I have a daughter who's seven and uh, about the scar that's on him. It maybe started as a bug bite or a zit, I'm not sure, but it like bothered him so much that he scratched and there's like a big scar. So he actually made it worse. And, uh-huh. I, and then I was trying to give him that perspective. Like, you know, some people have scars all over their face or they've been totally disfigured or you know and a yeah. burn in a fire and And also uh, you have your personality, you know, you're not, it's like exactly what your purpose is. You're (laughs) not your scars. And I'm just like, it's so funny. It's like a synchronicity, you know? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're, you're right. And so, because I I don't know if he was maybe being a little bit vain or something, like he's a handsome kid, you know, and he's like, oh, I have a scar now. And I'm just like, oh, you know, come on, people have it worse. (laughs) So anyway, so that's sweet. Okay. So language perspective. language, perspective, meaning, the meaning
2: you give to things. Mm -hmm. Do you see something as hard, or do you see something as, ooh, a worthy opponent? This is fun. This challenge, Mm -hmm. this this challenge is a game. This is fun. This is a puzzle. Again, the the perspective, the meaning that we give to events or or circumstances actually become the, the event or circumstances, the words, the meaning, the perspective, we be, begin to embody that, that becomes our reality, right? It, it becomes that physiological responses. So choosing consciously, intentionally choosing, empowering language perspective, meaning this is an amazing opportunity for me to grow, not this is a disaster. Mm-hmm. This is how wonderful I get to be creative here. Oh my goodness. I get to stretch outside my comfort zone. Oh, wow. This is a great opportunity to see where I'm, uh, where I have some resistance on something. It's just a reframe mm-hmm. choose empowering reframes.
1: Yeah. And do you feel like you, I'm just guessing here, but you reframed yourself out of this dis, dis-ease that you had yeah. into healed, healthy, and whole.
2: Absolutely. And then everything I did was in alignment with that. So the food I ate was healthy, nutrient-dense, mm. clean, organic. I can't say I want to be healthy and then eat fast food.
1: I can't, <laughs> I can't yeah. say
2: I want to become whole and healed and then eat chemicals right? So then bringing my actions, people who are like, oh, this is very woo. Yes. And it's amazing. And get on the woo bandwagon, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, embrace your, your Zen. Uh, And, and there are actions that you take with it, right. That align to really supercharge that vibration and that, and that frequency. So I ate clean, healthy, nutrient dense food, sleep, guys, sleep. Sleep, 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 Do not sacrifice your sleep, your body cannot operate optimally your systems cannot function optimally if it's depleted. So help your body help you heal and navigate, you know, you'll have more clarity more focus more energy, your systems will work more efficiently, sleep, hydration. You, you, our body is so much water we need to hydrate and hydrate means water It does not mean I'm going to drink a bunch of sweet tea or you know cokes <laughs> Water. Water water. I am water.
1: drinking, mom. <laughs> I am drinking. Exactly. Drink I'm, I'm on my fifth coke today. No,
2: water. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, so we could okay. have a whole thing on, on hydration. Oh my god, we could have a whole episode because yeah, it's like that's actually a, a diuretic and it depletes your hydration, those kind of drinks.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And so all these things are free, right?
2: Um you need to pay for food, but getting better sleep, prioritizing Mm -hmm. uh, your your hydration, make sure you are hydrating, taking a few moments for yourself. Self-care. Self-care is critical. Having that gratitude practice Putting the affirmations and all the things on your sticky notes, saying them out loud, putting yourself in proximity to this vision that you are holding. Create a vision, a vision board if you're navigating some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, see yourself healthy and whole and vibrant. See yourself laughing and, and playing and having the family and doing all the things that you want to do and going to places and enjoying it. See it in ease. So language perspective, meaning gratitude, hydration, nutrition, sleep, self-care, gratitude, standing guard at the gate of my mind. What were my inputs? I did not watch anything negative. I listened to empowering podcasts. I listened to uplifting music. I took walks. I listened to audiobooks that could teach me something. So what are you feeding your mind just like you feed your body? So nourishing my mind, nourishing my spirit with that self-care, with that gratitude practice, nourishing my body with sleep, hydration, nutrition, and putting it all together with language perspective, meaning gratitude. It's the same process for healing. It's the same process for navigating your traumas. It's the same process for creating a life that you love.
1: Amazing. Okay. So I want to wrap up in like two minutes or a minute, 30 seconds. So what I, I could talk to you for like five hours, I think. So, and you also have a workshop, an abundance workshop to get back to, or mastermind. Yes. So tell me about your TV show really quick, because I think it's amazing. Free by design.
2: Yes. So my television show is called Free by Design. It is an interview style show that empowers you with the tools and resources that you need. More of those practical, easy to implement tidbits that are free that you can just uh, integrate into your life on how to intentionally live life that is free by design. So your relationships your wealth, your health, your spirituality, your healing, to have it all be free by design, Mm. by your design, your conscious, intentional design so that you can live life on your own terms
1: and live a life that you love. And last question, what is Zen success to you? I think they're synonymous. I think
2: that true success is when you are at peace and aligned, when you are in Zen, you've come home to yourself. Everything you do is in alignment with who you are, with your values. You've lived your purpose. You've been true to yourself. When you're at peace and you're whole and you're centered and Zen, that is success.
1: Mm, I love it. Okay. We're going to end there. It's been such a pleasure connecting with you and learning more about how you help others and I'll put your website and how to buy all your books, or if they want to become a co-author with you, because you're an amazing publisher, I'll put them in the show notes. So thank you for joining any last words of inspiration. I mean, this whole thing has been inspiring, but any last words. Choose you.
2: Live a life that you love. Be free by design. And remember, you are not your scars. Your voice matters. Your message matters. Your story matters. And you matter. Someone in the world is waiting for you to show up fully as you. So
1: shine your light. Oh, wow. That was powerful. I'm glad I asked. Have a blessed day, Ellie.
2: Thank
0: you. So great connecting. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen success journey and join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen success in life.